I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. So do you ever want to live in a a pink castle by the sea, Kevin? Is that your dream? <laughs> that is my dream. Every night good, good. before I go to thank, bed, I say God a little prayer. <laughs> <laughs> say a little prayer for me. And I say, please allow me to live in a wonderful castle by the sea with a beautiful man, butler, who will serve to every one of my needs. Oh, Garcia. Garcia. I mean, it's very hard to like Mary Fisher when she has this sexy man yeah. who is like waiting up for her just to fuck her. And yeah. she leaves him for a guy named Bob. Yeah. Who, in his defense, Ed Bigley Jr. has a good body in this movie. Kind of shockingly so. Yeah. <laughs> He's not someone you would think is like, oh, that hunk, Ed Bigley yeah. Jr., Right, but there's a scene where he's like f- fully nude, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh wow, that's impressive." He could get it around this time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. It's hard to feel sorry for uh, this Mary character because she still has a lot of money. Like even oh yeah, with all the shit that's going on in her life, and you know, the stuff starts to go wrong because of you know we'll get to it, Ruth and everything. But uh, <laughs> y- you never really feel sorry for her, and uh, um. Um, but yeah, they're uh, two very different women who end up in similar circumstances and uh, kind of trade off there throughout the movie. Um, now, do we think this is a, f- a film where it's a woman versus a woman? <laughs> is this one Somewhat. of those movies? It's it's an interesting one. Yeah, because they they hardly ever share any film or any scenes together in the They movie. really don't. Um, yeah. I think they're like on screen together for maybe three minutes altogether. Three minutes, like, yeah, if that, because yeah. uh, there's that scene at the beginning of the movie, at the party, mm-hmm. and then she gets the book signed at the end, but otherwise they're not yeah. really together at all, which is interesting. Not really, uh, yeah. Yeah, Ruth is, her motivations are, I don't know, really what she's, I mean, she's trying to, to some degree, get What's-His-Face back. What's what's the dude's name? Bob. Um, Bob. Bob. What a name. Like oh my God. Elvira. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. She's trying to get Bob back, I guess. But then she's also trying to sabotage Mary. But that's just more. Is that her name? My name's oh, all yeah. over the place. Yeah. yeah oh, she's yes. trying to sabotage Mary. But like, I don't know. That's kind of secondary to her. Like she's is mostly just trying to hurt Bob. And Mary's mm. kind of collateral collateral damage to all that. Exactly. Um, and I mean, um, there is women supporting women, though, throughout this ent- yes. entire film, though, because, yes. of course, the Vesta Rose operation is all about women supporting women. So. Vesta Rose knows <laughs> you're a beautiful woman. <laughs> Vesta Rose. No, it's really true. Yeah, she starts that employment agency that employs you know a ton of women um, who have come from broken homes or you know mm-hmm. bad family situations, and uh, a little bit like First Wives Club that way. At the end of that, bit, yeah, make that, yeah. Like, uh, broken women's center or whatever it is uh yeah 
Uh, the Broken Women's Center. <laughs> they call it, it's something like that. That they call it. That's what they call it. It's, what is it? Uh, uh, the Swan Center for Women's. Like I don't that. know. It's something yeah. like that. But yeah. I, well, I know my next movie is going to be called The Broken Women's Center. Yeah. Center. <laughs> it just it sounds so weird. I love oh, the Broken Women's Society. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, women yeah, who are undergoing right. hardships in their life, and uh, yes, a lot of um, w- women going into the workforce for the first time and mm-hmm. trying to find their independence, and they find it through mm-hmm. Vesta Rose. I like how uh, Lori Ten Chan from Orange Is the New Black is randomly in this too for like three seconds. Oh yeah, She's one of, yeah. One of the employer employees there. Isn't she um, the one that like helps at the end? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, so th- that's fun. Uh, but this has yeah. quite the cast. It does. Uh, you know, it's uh, 1989 here, and uh, we got a lot of suburban yuppie satires coming out this year with like Heather's and uh, scenes from a class struggle and the Burbs. Um, even like Edward Scissorhands the following year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot of this kind of yes, yeah, a suburb satire vibe here. Uh, trouble in suburbia, I, w- I would say. Um, and uh, dramas are kind of going the same direction with like Sex, Lies, and Videotape and uh, other movies I can't think of at the top of my head, but um, just in that very uh, yuppies in peril period there. Um, so it's it's coming through in pretty much all the genres, which is interesting. I don't really know the uh, reason behind that, but it would be fun to dig into that at some point. Well, I um, guess the end of the Reagan era, you know. In the Reagan era. Cold War has kind of died down here. Um the Bush years, which are generally regarded as very boring, uninspired years. Uh, yeah. it's, it's the first time we don't really have a uh, a villain, sort of. Like, we were against the Soviets, and now we don't have anyone to fight against, so we're looking inward more, and I guess that's the whole argument behind these movies, and uh, the, uh, the villains are us, essentially, you know? Um, yeah. Horror kind of goes the same way with Scream, where it's like the villain is one of us it's not no longer this external threat like in the 80s where you had all the monsters and um freddy mm-hmm. and uh, jason and everything um so yeah uh um and i think in a lot of ways these movies that came out in 89 really set the tone for uh like a lot of the self-aware stuff that came out in the 90s in general because uh, i can't think of it i mean i mean there was satirical stuff early in the 80s but like not as much as the 90s and stuff which is, which is why most of the camp movies we've done so far have been from the 90s um right like paul 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 bartell stuff was always you know very satirical but um, oh definitely yeah yeah um, but it that that was less mainstream though like, yeah he didn't yeah, really get totally, totally a very mainstream audience until years after his death it seemed you know i mean yeah then yeah his i mean well, at least now one of his mo- movies is a criterion film which means that people are gonna see it hopefully but yeah you never know yeah eating raul great film yeah Mm -hmm. we need to cover that one at some point too hell yeah roseanne had just started her sitcom um in 1988 this was filmed between season one and season two um she would go on to do what was it look who's talking to and talking to yeah (laughs) yeah and friday's dead that little role there and oh yes that inspired cameo for no reason for no reason i guess they were just like, Roseanne wants to cameo. Let's just yeah. find a way to sneak her in. Right, right. Um, Meryl was kind of in a transitional period, too. She'd done a lot of 
soapy dramas in the late 80s here with like out of africa and a cry in the dark and ironweed um but, but then she went her baby yeah exactly exactly yeah. she was in that period a very uplifting time for her she was yeah because like yeah <laughs> I, her baby was eaten by a dingo <laughs> then she played the drunken ironweed like it was just yeah. not a very glamorous or fun time for her no no so um, i'm sure she was like i get to wear pretty clothes and makeup and <laughs> yeah <laughs> have some have fun. fun i'm sure she, yeah she was like hell yeah where do i sign yeah i think uh critics were starting to wonder if she could do comedy um so she did. She did a string of really pretty great comedies here. She did, you know, this one and then Postcards from the Edge. What it's kind mm-hmm. of comedy drama, but um, yeah. de- Defending Your Life, which is very good, and Death Becomes mm-hmm. Her, of course. So it's just like, um, yeah, a string like of that. This was her there. comedy time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honest here. I think it's like that's some of her best stuff. I think I so like too. her comedies yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's just so unhinged when she needs to be, and just like so. Uh, I don't know, like her quirks just lend themselves better to comedy than drama yeah, for me. I, I think. think so too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like I, with this movie, I feel like it takes her a little while to warm up a bit. Yeah. But then, like towards the end, where you know she like really goes off the deep end, I think she's hysterically funny. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Which she's is like, like floundering so around in bed and like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, there's that one bit where she's like talking to him on the bed yes. and her ass is, ass is up yeah. to him and she's like doing like ass choreography i don't know what it is but yeah. she's like moving her ass as she's talking it's just so funny and weird i'm uh-huh. like what an odd choice i love that yeah it's <laughs> true <is> <laughs> it's so bizarre yeah she's such a good character actress that like when yeah. she plays a role like this she can really lean into that and uh mm-hmm. uh i i think it's it's more interesting to watch than when she's trying to be like a real person and she's putting these weird little yeah. character quirks on them. Like mm-hmm. this, like this character is more satirical and uh, over the top. So a lot of this works, Definitely. but when she's trying to be a real person, sometimes it's like tone it down like a little bit. <laughs> They're all yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many Oscars do you need? Stop yeah, yeah. going for the 28th or whatever it is now. Like when she was Meryl or uh, uh, Margaret Th- Thatcher there. It's like, oh, God, okay, girl, Iron lady. I, Oh, the fucking Iron Lady. That's a movie no one remem- remembers. Uh, let's see. This was directed by Susan Seidelman. Good for her. Um, mm-hmm. Also did Desperately Seeking Susan and mm-hmm. Making Mr. Right and Cookie and um, some Sex in the City episodes. Um, this is loosely based on the 1983 novel The Life and Loves of a She-Devil by Faye Weldon. Um, Very the second ad- <laughs> Uh Do what? Very loosely. <laughs> Very loosely. Yes, yeah. it's, I haven't read it, but I've heard it. Yes. Um, it's so different. And this was the second adaptation of the novel after a BBC miniseries. Um, mm. I didn't know about this, so I need to go. I want to go watch that at some point. Yeah, that's much more faithful to the book. The The book is darker. It's a much mm. darker mm-hmm. story. Like yeah. the, the first half is similar enough, and then it just kind of takes a detour and... Mm. Ruth is much more of like an anti-heroine. She's much more flawed mm. and kind of malicious and evil. Sure. Uh, the screenplay is co-written by Barry Struggets and Mark R. Burns. And they had both done Married to the Mob uh, with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, directed mm-hmm. by Jonathan Demme. Um, Barry had also done From Other Worlds and a movie called Furlough. 
uh, but not a ton of credits to their name. The movie does feel, at least to me, a little bit sometimes like it. two people wrote it. Like, they're just, mm-hmm. like, parts that feel like they're a little bit more clever with the jokes even than parts that aren't as clever. And I, I, it's it's interesting. It almost feels like they, yeah. they traded off writing some scenes. Um, I do wonder, like, what the process was with this a- adaptation. Like, were they mm-hmm. intending to be closer to the book and then the studio was like, no, let's be more peppy and uplifting and then stuff was changed? Like... I, yeah. I just get, get the feeling like maybe people signed on to like a darker version of the script right, and then it right. was kind of toned down to what it is, which I think is really fun. Yeah, yeah. But sure. it does make me wonder what the original script might have been like. I agree. I think the first third feels like it's going to a darker place than it ultimately mm-hmm. goes to because you get all those Definitely. scenes with her like blowing up the house and all this other yeah. stuff with her like the yeah, just like this demonic lady. But then it kind of, like you said, uh, pulls things back a little bit as it goes and then mm-hmm. towards the end a little bit of that comes out again but yeah it's interesting um blend there it's it's like they thought it would be too dark for hollywood at the time or something mm-hmm. if they went um all out and maybe that's because dark comedies uh, weren't really a thing at the time i mean they, they weren't making a lot of money in um uh theaters heathers was like the first really big breakthrough one that i can think of that um, but even that, I mean, that was like still four that, bucks. <laughs> yeah, didn't even that would make that much at all. Yeah, even that one was really uh, it became a, more of a cult hit than. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. I guess I can understand why they didn't want to go too far with that. Dark video. comedies. They just never make any money. It's depressing. Yeah. yeah. But they but they live on. That's the cool part. But they though. do. That's the they the, always the good part. live on. Yeah, we're talking about this movie, not out of Africa, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck that movie. We want to talk about <laughs> She Devil. <laughs> Like, I wonder if Meryl Streep knows that the films she's probably going to be remembered for are, like, Mamma Mia and Death mm. Becomes Her and yeah. She Devil and stuff like this. She, I mean, she's yeah. always going to be Devil Wears Prada to, pe- to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Like, that, it's, that, too, yeah. Yeah, definitely. the comedic roles are always going to be the ones that I think define her to a large degree. Um, yeah, that's no, no matter how many dramatic roles she does, yeah. I guess she was the first one to read the script and they kind of left it up to her who she wanted to play according to imdb oh, who knows wow. um so she almost played ruth herself but then she was like oh. i just done a cry in the dark and she wanted to show that she could <laughs> yeah. do something yeah uh different i guess or, or similar i don't know uh yeah different i suppose um yeah i mean she could have done ruth but i don't i don't yeah i'm glad she did mary instead yeah roseanne barr was interesting choice here i mean uh, even putting aside the fact that you know how problematic she is today she's um, nuts beyond yeah. problematic today honestly <laughs> yeah. she's canceled today she it's like kirstie alley when we talk about drop dead gorgeous like you know we're not endorsing these people but they are in the movie no. so you gotta at least acknowledge yeah. them um but yeah she it was right off of the first season of roseanne and if you go back and watch that first season she's not a very good actress in that and she's kind of stiff in this too yeah there are some parts like there's a part at the beginning where she's calling bob at 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 his office mm-hmm. and she's just bought a dr- dress and stuff and she's like hi honey how are you it's like it's just very stiff and mm-hmm. but she mm-hmm. she kind of warms up along the way a bit but mm-hmm. it yeah it's she's not she's not really like a natural actress she's really. not and it was interesting to read some of these reviews because some people were like praising her for it and i'm like okay yeah. like even um ebert said that like bar demonstrate that demonstrate that there is a core of reality inside her tv persona a core of human feelings like jealousy and pride and they provide a sound foundation for her comic acting and i'm like really 
But I mean, she's not terrible, but like no, there were better people they could have got for this role, you know? Yeah. Um, like I was absolutely. reading some of the people they were considering, and it was like Kathy Bates. Uh, oh uh, God, Mid- she would have killed it. Yeah, Bette Midler, Catherine O'Hara, like just oh a my lot God. of Whoa. big names, or even even Rosie Wait O'Donnell, like you know. Um, now R- Rosie, I think, could have done. Well, she was maybe a little too young at this point, right? I don't, well, no, I mean she maybe. had just done Star Search, so she was about yeah. to do League League of Their Own. I mean, well, I don't know. She was yeah, still in her twenties, yeah. right? Um, wow. I mean, I mean, of course, Catherine O'Ha- O'Hara would be the best mm-hmm. choice for anything ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been fascinating. Yeah, I would have kind of had a ruthless people kind of vibe. Yeah, vibe, I would think. Which um, might have actually matched the tone. Yeah, a bit more with yeah. Meryl's stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. Um, hmm. Oh, even even Kathleen Turner was in consideration. Interesting. Kath- oh, oh, <laughs> maybe as um, Mary. Maybe it would be a very different Mary. But I guess she did do War of the Roses the same year, which is also has that yeah. um, dark comedy yeah, vibe sort of to angry. it. Angry. Yeah. marriage falling apart yeah yeah the yuppie kind of vibe to it i forgot about that one but yeah um kathy yeah, would have been great though kathy oh, bates would have been perfect have, i think she would have you know probably killed it she would have been yes. so brilliant but yes 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 oh um, well it was you know roseanne Barr's 15 minutes of fame here this was the, the main yeah. time when she was really coming through she her comedy stand-up was really popular and her show was a success, so they were like, you know, let's let's grab her and put her in this movie. And even if she can't it really act sense. very well, yeah. yeah but, I mean, you know? <laughs> I mean, there are worse crimes that Hollywood has committed. I'll, yeah, I'll say that yeah. much, you know. Yes, yes, yes. I it's mean, true. they've tried to make Kim Kardashian an actress before. I mean, so mm-hmm. that's that that's worse. So yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely worse. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there are worse people they've tried to make stars. Every once in a while, they take some people who you don't think are going to work out and end up working out. But uh, you yeah, know, you're like, uh, oh well, they can actually do stuff. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Jennifer's body. But you know, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> Megan Fox there. But uh, yeah, released in theaters on December eighth, nineteen eighty nine. So right at the end of the decade, there, uh, wow. pretty big bomb. It grossed fifteen point mm. four million against a twenty million budget. Ouch. Not very good. Ouch. Uh, critics mixed. Um, 40% Rotten Tomatoes, but Ebert liked it quite a bit. He gave it three out of four stars. And I already Whoa, Eb. Um, I didn't read the full review. I just read that quote I already read. Um, I think generally critics were more, they praised the performances more than the tone itself. They said that the tone right. had kind of, the film had kind of an uneven tone, which is a fair criticism, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I do think it's one of those movies that takes a couple watches to really get on board with more. Um, Maybe. The first time I yeah. watched it, I, I was like, okay, this is just fine. The more I watch it, I'm like, okay, this is fun, and I'm more, you know. Yeah, on, I think I caught, like, the last half of it on Lifetime when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and mm-hmm. I thought it was a very different film than what it actually was when you see the whole film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, because gotcha. the first half is different than the second half, so it's kind of, yes. you don't really expect it to go where it goes, I, I guess, but. It's true. Yeah. They don't always fully commit to, like, humanizing some of these characters. You know, it's like you can't decide yeah. if it's going to be, like, a full-on, like we said, dark comedy satire, if it's going to go more mm-hmm. toward the um, wholesome family stuff at points. And, and that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, it, it can have yeah. a little bit of both in that, but it uh, at times it's just a little uneven with that, I think. But um, Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the ending kind of wraps things up a little too neatly in some ways like it, it does become kind of like an oh is, isn't that sweet yeah. you know and yeah it hadn't really been building towards that right and, yeah i don't love that she's gonna end up 
maybe with him again after he gets out of prison because they're gonna oh, have yeah. dinner or something. Like, it's like I don't. Ugh. Come on, you can no. do better than that. Come on, girl. Yeah, I don't care if he's learned his lesson or whatever. He, he was yeah, only in there for eighteen it. months. It's not even they, they pretend <laughs> like it's like that five years or something. Like he was there <laughs> yeah. for like eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, I bet they uh, put that in there after a bad test screening or some shit. Like just. Let's reshoot Probably. the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it a little more uplifting there. Meryl was nominated for a Golden Globe for this performance, oh, so good for I her. I didn't know that, actually. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, all right, what's going on in the movie? Well, there's so much going on, because yeah. Ruth is this housewife, and she's married to Bob, and, and she, mm-hmm. you know, she's a little frumpy, you know, she doesn't really yes. dress up much. She's she got that a giant mole on her face. Frightening <laughs> mole, yeah. <laughs> very frightening mole on her face. And uh, so she's having some problems. But it's it's a big night, though, because Bob, her husband, who's an accountant, is going to this big party. Yeah. And he doesn't really seem like he wants her to come, but she she's really excited. So she gets all dressed up, and they go out. And while they're at this party, which is, I think, at the Guggenheim in New York, um, mm-hmm. they run into literally Mary Fisher and Ruth spills her wine on her dress. And Mary Fisher is this sort of cheesy romance novelist who's very pretentious about her work, you know, and she yes. really thinks it's, you know, hardcore art. And, I love um, that um, lifestyles of the rich and famous sequence yeah. that she does with Robin Leach, just like walking around her house. And <laughs> it's so great. Pretending to talk to her mom at the re- yeah. retirement home. <laughs> um, her drugged out mom. And so Ruth goes to get something to clean up her dress and Mary and Bob kind of hit it off. And mm-hmm. he agrees to take her home, which is in the Hamptons, an hour outside of the city. And they just drop Ruth off like at the <laughs> like at the st- 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 start of the street, not yeah. even at the door because they don't have block... to turn, turn around in the cul-de-sac yes. <laughs> a block from the house and then he agrees to drive her 75 miles away to her house it's, it's ridiculous and of course once they're there it's this beautiful pink palace and she has this servant named garcia whose basic mm-hmm. chore is just to have sex with her he doesn't really yes. do anything else yes. um and he's kind of pissed off that he's been waiting up and she brings home this random dude and she seduces Bob. She mm-hmm. like grabs his crotch and he falls into her trap and they start, you know, doing it. And mm-hmm. Ruth's back home like, oh, my God, where is Bob? He's not back. What happened? And he comes back the next morning and he's all like, guess what? I think I just landed her as a client and we're going to hit the big time. We're going to be rich kids. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and he reminds her that his parents are coming in for dinner that night, and so Ruth has to prepare this this meal, and she starts st- starting to realize that like Bob's probably having an affair with Mary and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and so the parents come, and she's made this mushroom soup. Because apparently in a, some magazine, that's what you have to do to get your man back is to make mm-hmm. him his favorite meals. And mm-hmm. Bob loves mu- mushroom soup. And things just don't go well. She drops the hors d'oeuvres. She makes a f- fool of herself. Bob's really upset. And then it's time for the soup. And her son can't find his his um, pet gerbil, right? It's like a gerbil. Or is it just like a rat? It's a rat or a gerbil. It's like a rat, yeah. It's, it's, it's something. <laughs> he, he can't find it. And then it yeah. ends up in the mushroom soup, which yeah. everyone's horrified by. And I Bob love... freaks the fuck out. 
it's a good ex- like that is one moment good moment from Roseanne because she's just like yeah I'll go get a strainer like just, like <laughs> yeah, in this... I'll go get a strainer <laughs> <laughs> like I'll fix it like he's like you can't get a fucking strainer it's... <laughs> yeah that's one of the funniest bits in the movie is when yeah. she wants to get this strainer. <laughs> <laughs> And he freaks out. He's like, you're disgusting. You're worthless, blah, blah, blah. And even his parents are like, oh, be calm. You know, like, don't be so hard on her and stuff. And that's when we discover that the only reason they're together is because she got pregnant. And so this isn't really a marriage based on love or, you know, mutual respect. It's just because, you know, she got knocked up. Right. And so she goes. like an interesting kind of um, score to it, too, where it's like it's Howard Shore, but it sounds more like. More like Danny Elfman-esque at times, too, where it's got that kind of Definitely. manic, disjointed feel mm-hmm. at times, you know. And even some of the lighting is very stylized and stuff. Like, because mm-hmm. there's a scene, I think it's the scene right after this where, where they're in the bed, the bedroom, and he's, like, you know, pa- packing up stuff, and, and she's on the bed, and, and it's just, like, this really, like, harsh blue light on her face and it's it's mm-hmm. like very it's almost like a scene from like creep show or yeah. <laughs> something it's very yeah. heightened Choices. and yeah. and really cool and um and yeah she also lets it slip that he's fucking merry and mm-hmm. so it's just it's it's just not 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 good so she decides i'm going to blow up the house <laughs> <laughs> this sequence is like she plugs in everything in the house yeah like messes with the pilot light it's it's ugh, she insane. puts like a bunch of like cans of shit in the microwave and sets yeah. it for 60 seconds i don't know how she gets out of the house in time um right. just does everything she possibly can smokes some sick cigarettes <laughs> sticks them in the waste basket mm-hmm. um takes the dog sticks them outside and then watches as the house just explodes be- behind her it's so good. And she's made this list, this thing of of everything that she needs to take away from Bob. So first is the house and the f- mm. and the family. So then the kids come home from school and they're like, "What happened?" And she's like, "We're going into a taxi and we're going to go meet your dad at the Hamptons." And mm. they get to Mary's house and they're having sex in the hot tub covered with bubbles and stuff and she's mm. just like here are the kids here's the dog uh peace out bye and he's like wait wait whoa 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 and her like kids are kind of demons to too yeah, yeah. The, like the big uh, boy goes around the grocery store just like putting holes in milk cartons and uh, yeah he's kind of a terror all he wants to do is sit around watching glow and uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies yeah. wrestling and everything yeah his his first question is do you have satellite <laughs> and uh mary's of course ho- horrified and bob tries to stop her and and she's and she's like no i think they belong here with, with you have a good time see you later mm-hmm. and so now they're stuck at mary's and mary is none too thrilled because she's not good with kids or dogs besides her own which is more of like a little yappy lap dog which you know yeah well she had two at one point i believe and then yes. one of them uh unfortunately meets his untimely end there is a dog death. Yeah, a dog yes. accidentally flies off the cliff and dies because <laughs> the, one, one the, of the, the kids boy threw the bone a, a bone over. Something. Yeah, but then she has this like elaborate headstone that's just like this shrine <laughs> yeah. to this dog. And so Ruth is like, "What am I going to do now? I need to figure out what I'm going to do." And she decides to change her name 
to Vesta Rose because this Vesta lady Rose. selling roses is like, get a rose, a pretty rose for a pretty lady. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Rose, yes, okay. And she decides to um, become a worker at a retirement home where Mary's mother lives. Mm-hmm. And this retirement home uh, is run by Mary Louise Wilson, bro- mm-hmm. Broadway star. Um, who is very upset if any of the older people in the home have incontinence problems. She gets very, very mad. And yeah. um, so Ruth remembers that. And she also meets this woman named Hooper, played by Linda Hunt, Mm -hmm. the delightful Linda Hunt, who's just kind Mm -hmm. of this follower. She always follows the rules and it's just very stiff and stuff. And she's a bit of a problem for Ruth. And she discovers that the reason all these old people there are just so flat and lifeless is because they've been sedating them. And she thinks, okay, well, I'm going to throw away all the sedatives and replace them with, like, you know, uppers. And all of a sudden, the old folks have life in in them again. Yeah, they're outside. They're partying because they got Mm -hmm. the caffeine pills and vitamins in their system. And they're just having a blast and – playing uh, soccer and stuff and they're just horrified i mean hooper is yeah. horrified like what have you done how dare you you know and and um and so ruth gets to talking to mrs fisher and we learn a lot about how she feels about her daughter and stuff and she's like she's a stupid whore i hate her you know <laughs> and she's like she never invites me over i can never see her who uh, by the way is played by sylvia miles who's delightful she's just mm-hmm. wonderful um yeah. and so Ruth decides, well, maybe you should just pay her a visit. Like, I'll sneak you out. And she does. And while she's gone, she empties a bedpan into her bed to make it seem like she has an incontinence problem so that she'll be kicked out for good. Mm -hmm. And Mary will be forced to take her in forever. So it'll just ruin things between her and Bob. And um, and then she also makes friends with Hooper because she shares her sweets her box of sweets, <laughs> mm-hmm. which yeah, is a good Hooper's, way to make friends. <laughs> Hooper's big character trait. She loves her some sweets and uh, yeah. she'll do anything for those sweets. And yeah. she decides that she's going to quit this um, mm-hmm. place and go run off with um, Ruth because Ruth gets fired yeah. right here. And uh, Yeah, she's uh, she's saved up enough because she's worked there for 20 something years now. So she's saved mm-hmm. up all, all this money and for like $50,000 like, dollars or something. Some yeah, she's absurd like, amount of money. Yeah. What are you going to do with all this money? Like, the only point of having it is, is to use it for 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 good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they get fired, um, and they run away together to to the the big city, mm-hmm. and decide to start this business, this em- employment ag- ag- agency called Vesta Rose, where they just throw flyers into Times Square, and <laughs> people just stop on in. But in mm-hmm. the meantime, at Mary's humble abode. Her life is going down the toilet because these kids are annoying her. Bob is starting to be a little unfaithful once mm-hmm. once again, and her mother is driving her nuts and just spilling all of her secrets about the fact that she had a child that she gave up for adoption when she was like twenty. And yeah, all this that, stuff. that plot point doesn't really go anywhere. Like I kept waiting no. for like the kid to show up at her house or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. that she gave up for adoption. But it's an yeah. interesting little. Well, and that she spills those beans to someone who works for People Magazine, and then that mm-hmm. is published, 
and she freaks out when she finds it at the news stand and takes all the copies and just throws them in yeah in the trash can it's a series of bad things for her and and she's yeah. trying to write this new book uh, love in the rinse cycle in the rinse cycle <laughs> And her agent's just like, this is terrible. Like, oh. yeah. It's like, this is yeah. terrible. Yeah, And she's like, well, that, I'm just t- trying to, you know. It's a metaphor. Okay. It's a metaphor. <laughs> and I think Bob is a beautiful name. And it just isn't working out for her. And yeah. as her life is going down the tubes. Um, oh, and she also has to do her own laundry now, too, which is mm. probably my favorite scene in the movie where she's. She breaks yeah. her. She breaks her nails. She's trying to do the laundry, and, and she, she ruins the kids' crying. clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Will yeah. someone please get the goddamn door? Yeah. And uh, then yeah, there is that thing with authors sometimes where like if if you know they're whatever they write is based on mm-hmm. you know, what was going on in their own lives and uh, right. her life is in such a weird place that when she tries to put that on page that nobody really gives a shit because it's different from what she had been because her exactly. life is not like that anymore and um, it's like when authors who have been doing things for 20 years or whatever they try to write like their old self it's very hard to mm-hmm. do that because you're not that person anymore um, exactly. it's the same with musicians and everything else like I always think of Alanis Morissette always gets a lot of flack because it's like oh why aren't you doing all this angry stuff anymore like you did in the 90s and it's like well she's not that person anymore so you know yeah. it's hard to um, really tap into that and uh, I think she's kind of going through the same thing here with this character but yeah yeah I've always heard especially for comedians like the worst thing that you can be is happy because mm. then yeah. you have no- nothing to complain about on stage <laughs> sure. like, yeah. you sure. know so like a happy comedian is sort of like not really worth much yeah Um. and so yeah like then Ruth and Hooper reach out to where Bob works because because Bob is moving on up he has like his own mm-hmm. firm and stuff now and it's really fa- fancy because he's now has all these really big clients thanks to Mary yeah and sh- he decides he needs um a secretary and Ruth personally picks one who says that she like really only wants to be a secretary so she can meet a really rich powerful man and marry him so she's like mm-hmm. perfect this is the girl who's going to tempt him and seduce him and ruin everything with mary mm-hmm. so they hire this girl and of course he starts to bang her you know yep. and they have sex on the copier and the copies come out with this ring that uh mary got for bob mm-hmm. and Ruth gets these and mails them to Mary. She discovers them and is horrified and is like, you bastard. And just like freaks out. Doesn't don't the and, picture uh, show like her ass and the, the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Too, yeah. From the copy yeah. machine. It's, it's yeah. He's goes. like grabbing her ass with the ring on. So it's obviously yeah. him. Yeah. And then the girl also helps to, um, break in to the office at night and launder a bunch of money to Bob from his mm-hmm. client's accounts from an account named Jackie Collins. Yes. <laughs> stealing from Jackie. But the real kicker though, is when Ma- Mary's having this big party and the feds come and arrest Bob. And then mm-hmm. she discovers that not only has he been laundering money, he's been laundering it from her account as well. So yeah, that is just that. the final nail. And that, that's that, the end. That party, uh, there is a pool 
with a piano in the middle of it. How do you get to that piano? It's just on this little island in the middle of the pool. I have no idea. Movie magic. And yeah, so now Ruth kind of has her her comeuppance because Bob gets sent to jail. Mm-hmm. And she even shows up at the trial and he's and he's all like, Ruth, is that you? Is that you? Yeah, at first he's going to have a different judge um, who's oh, supposed yeah. to be... Uh, really good for white collar criminals, but then they mm-hmm. get him switched with a female judge who is a mm-hmm. lot more harsh and uh, yep. gets him sent away for 18, <laughs> 18 months, which still seems like a really light sentence, honestly, but for the yeah. amount that he stole. But mm-hmm. uh, but yes, so he goes away to prison, like you said, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and then Mary kind of gets her groove back a bit in the meantime, and... Then we see Ruth taking the kids to visit Bob, and it seems like they're going to make up a bit mm-hmm. and stuff, but who knows. Yeah. And then she goes to one of Mary's book signings and has like a little encounter there just to kind of let her know that she's watching her. She knows what and she her, did. Her eyes flash red there for a second. I like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. very beyond the door. Yes, exactly. It's, it's why we did it during Possessed <laughs> Month. These are, these are, this woman is possessed, <laughs> That's you know? Literally the only reason the why possession. Yeah. <laughs> and then she walks down the street to the tune of Elvis's uh, Devil in Disguise. I'm the Devil in Disguise. Yeah. What a way to end a movie. It's a good ending, I think, actually. I think so. Um, everybody I, kind I like of it. It has a nice little upbeat ending. Uh, Meryl's yeah, going to end up satisfying. with this. Maybe all the she. You think that her she's changed her ways, but she's probably going to end up with this guy <laughs> yeah. who was at her book signing and uh, yeah. just start this whole thing all over again. And probably it's uh, satire, so everything's really heightened. And mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the you got the guy walking out on his family and uh, all the drama that that entails, and then this woman want, wants revenge, and um, and then the other woman is a character herself and she's got her own problems and yeah it, it, it's it's a lot of fun it totally a little strange at times but i think it does ultimately come together by the end of it if you stick yeah. with it anyway um, i'm really surprised they haven't like tried to turn this into like a netflix mini series or something i could see that that yeah. might be fun that that would yeah, be really really fun yeah maybe commit a little more to the dark comedy that'd be interesting mm-hmm. unfortunately like we said roseanne Barr is very problematic today but what are you gonna do um yeah that's not our fault <laughs> not our fault <laughs> we didn't make her this way okay no i don't know who did but it's oh lord oh, so weird how all these people who were like progressive in the 90s are just terrible people now isn't that weird yeah i'm like how do yeah. you go down the rabbit hole that far you know it yeah. just doesn't yeah. make sense to me it's like it canceled her and jk rowling and uh mm. joss whedon and uh, yeah. th- all these people the kirstie alley like we said and uh, oh yeah Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Christy Swanson. Oh, um, Christy. Yeah. You poor, poor girl. Um, let's see. Anything else about this one? Um, I like it all together. I think it's a I good do time. Too. Yeah, I think it uh, was a cool way of sort of kicking off a lot of the 90s satirical movies that we really love. Mm-hmm. Even something like To Die For and Serial Mom. Like, you can feel the kind of dna starting to form for those movies oh yeah like this um Mm -hmm. and i can't think of too many movies before this that had that kind of vibe so i do think in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. yeah actually that came out really weren't it's like 89 was really 
closer to the 90s in that regard in terms of just kicking mm-hmm. off you know that kind of um vibe so that's interesting and i think this and heathers and uh, uh war of the roses and you know yeah. a couple other movies um really kind of did that um scenes from a class struggle mm-hmm. um which is a very good movie folks if you haven't seen it go uh find that movie it's uh we'll have to talk about that one at some point too I'll, yeah it I'll just came out on paul blu-ray bartels recently yes yes yeah. all of paul bartels movies are uh, mm-hmm. a lot of fun but um especially eating raul and that one i think are the yeah uh, uh, well, yeah, thanks for uh, listening, folks. We kind of cut our possession month a little bit short this month, although we still did four films. We usually do at least four films in our mm-hmm. series. Sometimes we don't do a fifth, so this was one of those. Um, but like we said, this movie, at least uh, sort of in that vibe, because <laughs> she has yeah. glowing red eyes at the end. That's true, yeah. And, uh, you know, devil is in the title, and uh, this woman is possessed with rage and vengeance, and she gets hers at the end, so good for her. Um, exactly it's uplifting it is I think so and uh, as always you know you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at HOHH Podcasts we are on Instagram at Homos and Haunted Hill we are on Letterboxd at HOHH Podcasts you can leave us a review on iTunes we would love that thank you to those who have so we will be back in September with our first movie of that month Um, Mm -hmm. which I guess because we didn't announce in the last episode, we can go ahead and oh yeah, announce that. So we're gonna go back and do some witches. Witches. Woo! Witches. Yes. Uh, Susie, we are... do you know anything about witches? <laughs> Why, yes, I do. Uh, we are returning to as with last. I think it was last September that we did witches. Um, so we I are. I think so. Yeah. Still witching and bitching. We'll work out All the right. kinks. We'll figure we'll, it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You but guys yeah. are getting a good uh, behind the scenes glimpse on. Mm-hmm. everything we have to figure out the behind the curtain right <laughs> yeah. yes. See, the not so glamorous here. is it <laughs> really we're just back here popping pills and you know, <laughs> garcia. trying to make content yeah, garcia someone please get the goddamn door <laughs> it's really hard making content for people okay <laughs> it's really hard you don't understand my artistic process you don't understand yeah. bob you don't understand oh <laughs> <sighs> I love how Meryl always talks like she's winded. She's just very, very it's winded, true. always very, very stressed out. I just ran like five miles, Bob. Oh, Bob. Bob. My life is so hard. <laughs> I used to do the laundry, Bob. <laughs> um, no, but it's going to be a fun month of September. We picked out some uh, good witchy movies, a couple that are more well-known and a couple that are uh, more obscure, so it'll be... A good mix of stuff, I think. That gets us into Halloween season, too, so that's exciting. <gasps> spooky time. So spooky time. Yeah, I can't believe we're already almost into that part Isn't of the year. Isn't that nutty? Oh, boy. Seems yeah, like just last it. year we were talking about Halloween sequels and yeah, stuff like that. Being locked down and... Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, oh, whoops. Yeah. So, not much has changed, has it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why time still feels loopy, because we're still in this and uh, I'm still going. Time keeps on slipping, 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 slipping into the future. This is truly a pandemic podcast. We started at it the beginning is. of the podcast, and here we are, still going a year and a half into it, or whatever we are. Yeah, and it's, it's been forty-eight years. It's, it's been yes. It's been seven years and eighteen days. Eighteen days since I let my love. <laughs> Cut it, Casper. That's a wrap. <laughs> I spit on your garage. <laughs> Hopefully we can uh, 
beat this thing at some point. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm a little worried about Halloween season coming up here again, but uh, we'll we'll get through it. And uh, yeah. yes, we will. We can make it through. Yes, we can. We, yes, we can. If we just we do can. it together and lend a helping hand. Yes. Do I like my new song? It's really I, I know it's I, I stirring. Thought it was a real song. I didn't know it's you moving. just made it. So good for you. <laughs> yeah, look at that. I'm such. A... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that uh, 30 Rock We Are the World parody the, Just give a kidney To a father or a son He needs a kidney That's one of their finest moments Oh, oh boy I love 30 Rock um, Heavenly Cool Alrighty So yeah we'll talk to you in September With Indeed. our first witchy movie so, Witchy um, witchy Grab your cauldrons and get ready Mm-hmm it's gonna be a good time. Your eyes of Newts and eyes of Newts, Newt Gingrich, Sage, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Newt all Gingrich. that good stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> if you can, if you can grab your eyes of Newt Gingrich, Gingrich, that'd be great because he's a terrible person. So the eyes of Newt Gingrich. Yeah, oh God. Is that the eyes of Tammy Faye <laughs> spinoff that nobody asked for? No one asked for that shit. <laughs> can you imagine if they made made that like it's like some biopic of his dumbass? Yeah. Be like, for one night all only, the Christian Coalition presents Eyes of Newton Gingrich, <laughs> a special church-sponsored event. <laughs> like, oh, it's like one of those movies, like Left Behind 24. How many mm-hmm. people can be left behind? You know, there's so <laughs> many of them. Oh my God, like, just like take them on a bus. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh God. How many times could Liam Neeson lose his fucking kid? I don't know. Yeah. It's bad parenting. It's horrible. Yeah, that, that, that uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye movie comes out in September. We'll see how that is. Oh, yeah. Um, that might be good. Maybe that'll be a fun, dark comedy, hopefully. I hope so. All righty. Uh, see you next week. Talk to you. Bye, you she-devils. Bye. You're the devil in disguise. <laughs>